0: I had to say to someone just the other day, you know, I've raised my prices by 15%. I know that we've always been at X number. The new number is this. And I still wanted to say, but if you don't want to pay it, it's okay. <laughs> or I know that might be challenging, but I let it sit there and the person said, okay. You're listening to Financial Grown
1: Up with me, certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of how to be a financial grown-up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grown ups, if you are like me, you love to read, but if we're being honest, it doesn't happen. The time just flies and the intention does not become reality. So do what I do, get the intel you want in a way that matches your schedule. I recently started using the Blinkist app and I love it. It puts the content of books that you wanna read into powerful summaries called blinks, usually just a minute at a time. A whole book could be 15 minutes-ish, just like this podcast. right on your favorite device, text or audio. Totally fits your lifestyle. I am obsessed. Go to bobbierabelle.com forward slash Blinkist for a free trial and to support the show. One of the best parts of doing this podcast is I get access to the top authors out there, and I have a big treat today. New York Times bestselling author, Lindsay Pollack. Her books include Becoming the Boss and Getting from College to Career. And now her latest one, just coming out this month, is called The Remix, How to Lead and Succeed in the Multi-Generational Workplace. And spoiler alert, I had no idea about this. Apparently, there are now five generations in the workforce, so we need to be paying attention. Welcome, everyone. If you are new here, we talk to high achievers who share money-related stories that made an impact in their lives and then the lessons from them. And we try to keep our shows to about 15 minutes because you're busy. But feel free to binge on a few if you have a little more time. Let's get to our guest, Lindsay Pollock. In addition to her books, she is a leading expert on millennials and the multi generational workplace, big time speaker. Places like LinkedIn, Citi, Estee Lauder, JP Morgan, they all hire her to share her secrets to success. Here is Lindsay Pollock. Hey, Lindsay Pollock, you're a financial grown up. Welcome to
0: the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bobby.
1: Your next bestseller is coming out. It is called The Remix, How to Lead and Succeed in the Multi-Generational Workplace. But you're a veteran of this. You've already had bestsellers. You are, by the way, a very well-known national speaker on the topics of generations in the workplace. So I'm so happy to have you here.
0: Thank you so much. It's a real treat.
1: Before we get to your money story, just give us a quick teaser on your book because we're going to come back and talk more about it after that.
0: So for many years, I was speaking about the millennial generation, those born about 1981 to 1996. But millennials are growing up, Gen Zs are coming in and baby boomers, traditionalists, Gen Xers, we're all getting older. So the transition that's taking place in the workplace today is that we have five unique generations all working together. So everyone who wants to succeed today has to be able to work across generations. So the title of the book is The Remix, How to Lead and Succeed in the Multi-Generational Workplace. And the title is taken from the idea of a remix song, where you take a classic and you add in modern elements. And it doesn't mean that the classic is wrong or bad or the modern is better. It's about everybody succeeding and feeling included. And I spoke to a bunch of DJs when I was writing the book and they all told me that the secret to getting people on a dance floor at a wedding or a party or bar mitzvah is to play a remix because the older people feel included and the younger people feel included. So I thought that was a great analogy for what a really positive workplace can be.
1: That is a great analogy. Let's get to your money story. It has to do with a theme we're going to be talking about a lot in this interview, which is getting what you want but being strategic about it. Tell us your money story, Lindsay.
0: So my money story goes back to before I wrote all those books and had the lovely credentials that you shared. About 10 years ago, I was speaking on college campuses to students about getting jobs and I really wanted to elevate my business to the next level. And so I wanted to connect with a large brand that would help me raise my image and get into the corporate market. Um, And through a connection of a connection of a connection, I ended up having the opportunity to pitch a major social network. And my pitch to them was that I wanted to run a series of webinars to campus career centers to teach them how to use this Social network and get their students to use it for their career success. So you can probably guess which network it was. <laughs> and I had no platform, I had no reputation, I had nothing right. to offer. And so, now what I, had, I did, let me just
1: ask you, how had you even been connected to them?
0: I was so set on a couple of different companies wanting to work with that I asked everyone I knew, "Hey, do you know anyone at this company?" And it took one full year, Bobby. And finally, a friend of a friend worked uh, out in Silicon Valley and said, "I know someone there. I'm willing to." Make an introduction. So I asked until I finally got a yes. So you had already invested quite a bit of
1: time and energy in this and a lot of tenacity. Okay. So now you get your moment. Keep going.
0: Okay, so I got my moment and I wrote up a huge, fancy proposal that I was really proud of. And I thought, how am I going to price this? They don't know me. I did not want to do it for free. And so what I did was I came up with two tiers. I came up with a tier that was a very, very low investment for this company to pay me to start this webinar and run it. And then I came up with a really, really high number and said, if I can train 5,000 people in two months, if 5,000 people signed up to take this webinar in two months, you'll pay me this number. And they agreed to it because they basically had nothing to lose. (laughs) The first number was really small.
1: Well, I mean, you've transferred all of the risk. I mean, you're taking on all the risk if the project were to not go well. They basically don't have much at stake. The payment from them would be so small. But of course, you are getting huge reward if it goes well, which, of course, I know it does. We'll keep going.
0: It went well. I did everything humanly possible to get 5,000 people to sign up for those webinars. And I do want to give credit that I had a very warm introduction. So I think that network and connection really helped. But I worked like crazy to get those people to sign up. I made the number. And the best part of the story is that I continued to work at that company for six months more years. So I think by proving myself at the beginning, I was able to start the relationship off right, and it truly was a game changer for my business. What is the lesson from that story for our listeners? I think there are two lessons. One is to be really clear on what you want, and if you get the introduction you want, or if you get the opportunity you want, how are you going to turn it into something big? I think a lot of people say they want success, or they want to write a book, or they want to get their script produced. But once you have the opportunity in front of you, what are you going to do to make sure that you get a yes? And I can't say I knew at the time that this would be such a lesson, but it was so empowering to know that I was willing to put everything on the table and work tenaciously, as you said, to get it. So know what you want and really think about how you can get the other side to say yes, even if it means that you have to put some risk on the table.
1: You also mentioned the term a warm introduction. Can you talk more about how that came about, how that comes about, how people can get that more, and the importance of the kind of introduction that you get, the nuance there?
0: Absolutely. And Bobby, you are such a good practitioner of this, generously making introductions for people you know and trust. I think that it's really easy to connect with someone today, whether it's on a social network, whether it's sending an email, finding somebody's phone number. That's easy. What's harder is standing out from the crowd. And I think the way to do that is when you have a person, a human being who knows and trusts you, who also knows and is trusted by the person you want to meet. So I don't think that it was just me and my proposal that got that company to say yes. I think it was the fact that someone who they trusted and vouched for me was able to make that introduction. You know, we live in a world of a lot of connections, but that true trusted connection, I think is more valuable than ever. That to me is a warm connection.
1: Let's talk about your everyday money tip because that also has to do along the theme of negotiation.
0: Tell us. I am laughing that my money story is about how great of a negotiator I am because it took me so long to learn how to improve my negotiation skills. And my best Negotiation tip is silence. So, why? We let there be a moment of silence there so everyone could think about that. Silence is really uncomfortable. And I'm so glad you let that moment linger because it shows how much anyone wants to desperately make that silence go away. And so, what I used to do when I first started out as a speaker or as an author was say something like, Bobby, the price for my speech is $1,000. And if there was a nanosecond of silence, I would say, but if you only want to pay $750, that's okay. <laughs> because I was so uncomfortable with the silence. So letting a number sit there asking somebody, even if you're on the phone with your mobile phone provider saying, is that the best you can do? Can you offer me a different rate? We jump in too quickly and say, or not, that's okay, forget it. Letting that silence linger is so hard and has been a huge challenge for me, but it is my best money tip to not talk myself down or lose an opportunity to get a better price because I'm not willing to sit with silence.
1: Can you recall any time that was super effective using that technique? Can you give us an example?
0: Oh, every day when I'm negotiating for my business. As I've gotten more successful as a speaker, I've raised my prices. And probably the hardest one to do is to raise a price on an existing valued client. Um, But over time, it's really a necessity to grow your business. So I had to say to someone just the other day, you know, I've raised my prices by 15%. I know that we've always been at X number. The new number is this. And I so wanted to say, but if you don't want to pay it, it's okay. <laughs> or I know that might be challenging, but I just said it. I let it sit there and the person said, okay.
1: Wow. I know. That is so powerful and so hard because you don't want to lose the client, but then again, they don't want to lose you. So it works. Let's talk about the remix, how to lead and succeed in the multi-generational workplace. Can I just say my favorite line? Yes, in the please. Book? It's not about the ping pong table.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you like that. What does that actually mean? You know, what are you alluding to when you say that? So one of the things I hear all the time is these young people today, usually millennials, they just want nap pods and beanbag chairs and ping pong tables. And the reality is a lot of the stereotype on TV shows like Silicon Valley or kind of, you know, movies like The Intern, they show these very young workplaces that have all these funky perks and a lot of them do and they're fun. But the reality is I have interviewed so many young professionals who say, yeah, that stuff is fun, but it's not about that. I want to take a job where I feel like I'm making a difference. I want to take a job where I'm valued for my contributions, where I'm learning and developing and growing and I have a career path. So If you want to attract young people, the stereotype was that you had to have a a fridge with beer and a keg tap and beanbag chairs and those famous ping pong tables. But the reality is, if you are a business that wants to attract younger workers or any workers for that matter, all of the development and mentoring and career building will matter significantly more. And you mentioned
1: actually in the book something called life planning accounts, which kind of addresses that.
0: Yep, yeah, so life planning accounts as this new trend in employee benefits. And this is really, I think, probably the perfect example of a remix, which is that in the past, employees of previous generations, baby boomers in particular, wanted pension plans and health insurance and life insurance and disability insurance, which are all still tremendously important classic benefits. But what started to happen as new generations came into the workplace is they said, well, benefits for me aren't the same as what you have been providing. The biggest example of this is young people who were not putting money into their 401ks. And when employers started to dig into that, the young people said, it's not that we're not financially savvy or financial grown ups. The reason is that we have student loans to pay off. So if you really wanted to provide a benefit for us, you should do that. And now 4% of employers in growing are providing student loan benefits. So what a life planning account does is it's a company saying, we're going to give you either a number of points or a certain amount of money for you to allocate to the benefits that are meaningful to you. You can personalize them, customize them based on your age or your life experience or your preferences or your needs at this particular moment. We are not going to dictate to you what you should value.
1: So well said and such a great trend that we are all watching. Everyone should check out your book. Tell us more about where we can find the remix and where we can learn more about you and also your speaking because you are a big
0: speaker on the national stage these days. Thank you. The book is called The Remix How to Lead and Succeed in the Multi Generational Workplace. It is at bookstores, your favorite bookstore, amazon.com, and my website, lindseypollock.com. And I will spell that for you. Bobby and I have talked about spelling and pronunciation issues many <laughs> yes. times. My name is Lindsay Pollock, L I N D S E Y P O L L A K, lindseypollock.com. And I'm on all social media with my name. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, everyone. Before we get to my take on the interview, I want to share a personal story. I recently was in a bookstore and I saw this book that I remember loving, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I read it years ago. I wanted to remember the main points, but the truth is my memory's just not that good. And rereading it probably not realistic given my current schedule, but I had a solution because I had recently discovered an app called Blinkist and sure enough, it was on there. So what Blinkist does is it takes books, including the four-hour work week, and it breaks them down into manageable 15-minute-ish summaries so you can get all the knowledge that you need even if you don't have the time. I love the app so much, I reached out to Blinkist to bring them on board as a partner to the podcast. Get a free trial using my link, bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist, and then please let me know how you like it and what books you are listening to. And thank you for using that link to support the show. Again, it's bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. Okay, let's get into it. Financial grown-up tip number one. Lindsay talked about warm introductions, and I could not agree more, but how do you get started? Well, the most important thing is to reach out and ask people in your industry or even just friends and family in just casual conversation to tell you more about what they're working on, what their goals are, and lead into how you might be able to help them. Don't be overly aggressive, but be creative. Are there things that you could do? And then follow up. And this is the most important thing. Don't ask them for anything in return. The crazy thing that I have found is that the people that have come forward on my behalf and made introductions for me aren't always the ones that I have helped. It's not always linear. In fact, it rarely is. Very often the people helping me are people that aren't necessarily in my closest circles. They're people that I've met through my life that I've stayed in touch with, Maybe a quick email every six months, a quick coffee date once or twice a year, that kind of thing, and just being in touch with them and being considerate of what they're going through and what their needs are. Maybe they'll think of you when an opportunity that's appropriate for you comes about, or maybe they'll be there for you if you want an introduction to someone that they know. Be patient, if you give, you will receive. Financial grownup tip number two. Lindsay's book is so full of great tips for us. She shared a couple, but I wanted to give a little bit more. So here are some other tips from Lindsay. First of all, if you can work up the courage and feel comfortable, and if you don't, then get comfortable, do this, work up to this. Ask your boss to CC you on emails even when you don't need to be directly involved. It's gonna give you insights into things that are going on in your company beyond your immediate duties, give you a wider perspective. Lindsay also suggests sending video emails on occasion instead of writing out what you wanna say. Just film a a quick video and attach it to an email. It can be very effective. One more final tip, remix your meetings. Just try sitting in different seats than you usually do and that can actually change the group dynamic and maybe the group think, come up with some different ideas or just give you a little more energy in your day. This podcast is free to you. The only thing that we ask is that you help us grow the community. And the best way to do that is to tell your friends. And sometimes you don't see them in person or you guys are all on social media. So one easy thing that you can do that would be truly appreciated is to take a screenshot of the show and post it on social media. And make sure to tag me at BobbiRebell1 on Instagram, so I can thank you. And with that, big thanks to the remix author, Lindsay Pollock, for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.